You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is now going for the green with Daily Roto. Good evening. Welcome to Going for the Green with the guys from DailyRoto.com as we get you prepared for this week's golf tournament. And unlike no other, the Waste Management Open. It sounds like a crazy name for a golf tournament, and it is one of the craziest names that you can absolutely have when it comes to golf as it's a, like a rock concert so people get fired up and people get excited colin how are we doing today i'm doing good i'm, I'm pretty fired up for this event it's definitely nice that it, when it lines up with super bowl sunday and i think one of my things to do is you know i was flip on the hockey games 12 30 on super bowl sunday then move that into the waste management phoenix open and then watch the super bowl so it should be a great sunday for sports I didn't think about this until you brought this up. What time do we expect or anticipate this golf match ending on Sunday? <laughs> I, I don't have the exact time, but I know that they always try to line it up so that it's cleared well ahead of the Super Bowl, obviously, unless they get into a lengthy lengthy playoff like we had last week with uh, uh, yes. Jason Day and Alex Norton. Yes, and we have Mr. Uh, uh, playoff himself, Mike Leone, uh, who's a fan of the Buffalo Bills. He never has to worry about golf tournaments interfering with a Sunday. But, Ouch. you know, you know, he almost had it this year, right? You got in the playoffs, and things are looking up, and you get new management. So next year you'll have to worry about it, right, Mike? Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think that anyone has any doubt that it's going to be the Bills in the big game next year. Now, that was the crazy situation where you have the uh, sun, the sun go into Monday. And did it affect any of the tournaments you played in, Mike, that you had to wait and uh, and you had a lot on the line on Monday afternoon at 11 a.m.? My single entry in the Club Pro did have Jason Day on it, but I couldn't move very much. It did, unfortunately, swing the wrong way for Drew Dinkmeyer, I know, was challenging to maybe win the Club Pro, the 3-3. 333 entry contest over on DraftKings and he was in first going into the 18th hole and if Norin I think had made a birdie there he would have won and then once the playoff came in he was locked into either second or third if Norin won but unfortunately for him he dropped quite a bit with day winning and he lost the first place points for Norin so uh, it didn't swing the way of Daily Roto this week or last week but hopefully this week it's a different story. But you're right there. Uh, Colin, how did it go for you this week? Yeah, not, not quite as good as Drew. I definitely was kind of the same boat as Mike where I had some good day lineups but couldn't quite put them all together. Like the six of six lineups I did have would have like Molinari who fell off on Sunday and things like that. So slight down week for me overall, but that happens and ready to get back into it this week. All ready to go. Yeah, I, I went six for six in those single entry tournaments and did well but like you said it went backwards on sunday i'm the best of three days i think i'm gonna get a new sport what i don't know maybe nascar's a little shorter than golf stay tuned for more from going for the green right here the fantasy sports radio network we'll break down all the information you need from the best in the business over at dillyrodo.com going for the green back with more after this 
Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell them Greg Sussman sent you. Welcome back. Going for the green right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The best fantasy sports information. Absolutely free. You can download the app. You can go to TuneIn, iHeartRadio, wherever there is radio. You have fantasy, and that's the way life should be. The Waste Management Open is this week, and of course, people are all fired up. It's a par 71. It measures 7,266 yards. It is a little tougher course uh, lately since they redesigned it in 2014. Uh, it's ranked uh, since that design anywhere from 20 to 33rd in, uh, in course difficulty on the PGA Tour. And I got to tell you, when you look at this, Mike, this is, a, you know, everybody looks at the par 16, but the first couple of weeks of the golf season, we had some high scores. We had to get the 20s uh, there. It went down last week a little, but still double digits it took. What are we looking for scores this week in this event? Yeah, the, we have this course, as you mentioned, since 2014. It's played a little bit tougher, but since 2010, it's played almost uh, one stroke under par per round. So uh, if you use that as your barometer, you're still looking at, I think, like near double digits for a winner. There's three par fives, the 7,266-yard course, par 71, and there's also a drivable par four. So there will be scoring opportunities for guys this week. They'll be scoring opportunities uh, for people to have an opportunity to get there. You know, it's crazy um, when we saw uh, some of the situations involving uh, everybody talks about the par, uh, the par 3 16th hole there. Colin, this is not unlike golf. As last week we saw Tiger Woods get interrupted in the backswing. Uh, this will be the typical norm this week in that 16th hole. Yeah, they they keep it a, a little bit polite during the backswings, but it's more like a constant buzz that's flying around the 16th hole uh, than it is, you know, people yelling out in the middle of the swings. And obviously you got the players who are really eating it up and trying to rile up the fans and handing out, you know, Arby's sandwiches last year and things like that. So it's a it's a pretty fun event. And, you know, like Mike said, it, it's still something where, well, if you want to win the event, you basically have to just beat whatever Hideki Matsuyama is going to shoot by one stroke, right? Jeez. Uh, Matsuyama, for all the people out there, back-to-back winners in this event, 2016-17. He had Brooks Koepker in 2015, Kevin Stadler in 2014, and Phil Mickelson in 2013. Now, this used to be a course where they would uh, fire away and the big hitters would uh, prosper at this event, but it was still it's relatively new with 2014 change. Colin, what kind of skill are we looking for uh, that could set up well for this course? Yeah, I think most weeks we're kind of looking at pretty similar stuff, uh, you know, look, trying to balance the long-term scoring averages, short-term scoring averages, and then a little bit of the course history bump. But uh, it definitely seems like this is, uh, since the renovation is a course that rewards really good ball strikers. So uh, from, you know, a traditional stat perspective, you're looking for kind of greens and regulation and fairways with driving distance. But um, from a strokes gained perspective, uh, definitely a lot of emphasis on strokes gained off the tee 
and strokes gained approach. So we've definitely seen guys who aren't known as good putters like Matsuyama, Webb Simpson, uh, you know, pop up on the leaderboards here. And those guys are guys that we think of as really strong TV green players. And so definitely trying to lean heavily on those couple of metrics with, you know, my, my golfer selections, well, really anybody at the top of the board can, can win. But when you're looking for more of the value picks, and I think those are some of the good areas to hone in on. Yeah, you talk about course history. Hideki Matsuyama, four top five finishes since 2014. A first, first, second, and fourth. Uh, Jordan Spieth has uh, two top tens, 2015, 2017. Uh, Daniel Berger has uh, two out of three top tens in the last three years as he's put together a run. And Ryan Moore um, had a little bit of a run going and finished 61st uh, last year with uh, four uh, events in the top 17 in this event. Mike, how much is uh, course history going to come into play other than Hideki Matsuyama? Yeah, it's interesting because we've got a bunch of guys. You just listed off some, you know, Brent Snedeker, a guy who's 9 out of 10 in terms of cuts with four top 10s. A lot of guys with some strong course history this week. And uh, what's cool if you're using our projections of from Data Golf over on Daily Roto is you can choose to weight the course history as high as you want and the projections will automatically update. Our default weighting on that's pretty low though and i think honestly this week if you're playing tournaments it might be a really good week to fade some of the course history guys like hideki matsuyama who's just going to carry so much ownership when there's golfers that are equally as talented as him maybe even arguably more talented than him at slightly cheaper price tags and much lower ownership so uh, i know people look at course history in different ways the way i'm looking at this week it's gotten so much attention is i'm honestly using it as a way to find guys that i think will carry higher ownerships than they should in tournaments and i might take the opposite side of it so if the course history guys all do really really well this week likely my lineups will not do as well you listen to Going for the Green right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Mike Leone and Colin Drew from DailyRoto.com. You can get all the great information each and every week over at DailyRoto.com when it comes to DFS golf. And, of course, uh, fantasy baseball is coming up. I know Colin does some fantasy hockey over there. They've got everything you need. You need to go check it out at DailyRoto.com. i got to ask you, Colin, what do you, you look at these numbers from Matsuyama. What is your expected ownership percentage for Matsuyama this week? Yeah, I mean, his course history is so strong. And even as the highest uh, priced golfer, we have him up almost near 30% ownership. So similar levels to what we might have seen John Rahmat in some of these previous events. And it's going to be really hard for people to get away from playing him when they just look and they see those results in those game logs right there. And so in turn, that's going to end up with some pretty low ownership on some other guys, you know, just because you can't play Matsuyama with some of these other top owned golfers. And so you're probably going to see Jordan Spieth and John Rahm almost half the ownership levels of Hideki. And so I think that's where what Mike's saying for tournaments is, is it gets pretty interesting. There's also some guys who have notably bad course history, including Justin Thomas and Tony Finau. But when you ask me kind of to describe the type of golfer that you think would do well here, I mean, they definitely fit all of those characteristics and are capable of taking advantage of the, the par fives and the drivable par four. And so I think you're going to get some guys who are kind of good course fits, but haven't necessarily done well here at pretty low ownership this week. So it sounds like you guys are on the same page. You can use course history to your advantage uh, to get lower ownership golfers in your lineup this week. Yeah, I think that yeah. I think that you definitely can. It's it, people gravitate heavily towards that metric. Um, I'm still not going to go out of my way to avoid someone just because they have good course history, but. 
I don't want to necessarily overweight it. Uh, there you have it. This week we got five golfers over ten thousand dollars, and actually three of them over eleven thousand or eleven thousand. Hideki Matsuyama eleven thousand five hundred. Jordan Spieth eleven thousand four hundred. John Rahm eleven thousand. Ricky Fowler ten thousand four uh, in this one, and of course. When you're looking at it, Justin Thomas at 10,300 is that fifth golfer. Mike, when you look at this group, who would be the guy that you think that you could see yourself owning the most shares in tournament play? I think it's going to be John Rahm for me. You know, he started off really well last week and then faded over the weekend and uh, might have left the bad taste in some people's mouths, but he's arguably the best golfer in the world. You know, he quickly ascended up the rankings to number two world overall ranking almost made it to number one if he could have uh, come away with a w last week but he has one of the lower ownership projections of this group and as we said Hideki's likely going to be massive chalk here i then think you're going to get ownership pretty spread out over the rest of the expensive guys but rom is someone who we've got in our fantasy model projected for the most fantasy points from finishing points and from scoring points meaning like birdies bogeys that kind of thing so uh, rom's the guy i'm going to own the most with fowler coming in a close second we actually have a fantasy model and a finish probability model and i like to tie the two together and the finish probability model is based purely off scoring averages and longer term scoring averages and fowler's got such a good long-term scoring average that he really rates very well in our finish probability model and he's going to cost you a lot less obviously than the 11k plus guys Rom's a University of Arizona guy, I believe, right, or Arizona State. So maybe he's uh, hung out of this course for a while and you know played some free rounds. Never hurts to have that home edge. Yeah, you never, you never know. You like the home cooking, Colin. Who's the one guy that you're looking for in this group that you could have the most uh, ownership percentage this weekend as you break it down? I, I like Rom. I mean, I, I think it's a, a fun event for him, especially with the part three. I believe I think he rocked the Arizona State football jersey one year, and I'm sure he'll have oh, yeah. something this year. But I think Jordan Spieth's actually the guy that I've, I'm most interested in, and it's part of it is the ownership angle that Mike's talking about. But the other thing is that Spieth has been playing really well tee to green this year and just putting, you know, well below what we know he's like as a putter. He's averaged almost eight strokes tee to green in both of his events so far this year, but lost strokes of the field putting. So I'm expecting that I'll flip in a big way for Spieth eventually. And so I like playing Spieth in tournaments a lot. It sounds like I've got the answer already. What are the questions I'm going to ask these guys next? I'm going to ask them which guy they're going to stay away from or which guy will have the lowest ownership of this group. I think it's going to be the guy that's been really good here. But you got to stay tuned to find out right here on Going for the Green. We've got Mike Leone, Colin Drew, and we're breaking down the Waste Management Open. Getting you ready for a little DFS golf. You can hit a Super Bowl square this weekend, win some money in DFS golf, get some money in hoops, and all of a sudden your life changes around and Valentine's Day comes around and you blow it on a woman that doesn't love you. Stay tuned for Going for the Green. Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more 
about our awesome product. Welcome back to Going for the Green on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Going for the Green, brought to you by DailyRoto.com. We have Mike Leone calling through from DailyRoto.com, the place that you need to go if you're playing any daily fantasy sports at all, whatever the sport they've got you covered. Guys, before I ask you which one of the top guys do you think you'll own the least, got to ask you what you thought of Tiger Woods' performance this weekend. Mike, he looked good at times, and on Sunday played well. Is uh, this going to be the year that Tiger, uh, you know, makes a few dents in our PGA scoreboard on Sunday? It was really encouraging to watch him. I know a few times over the past several years, he's come into some events with high expectations, and he just hasn't been able to perform. The health hasn't been there. And I think that's the big thing for this season is if he can stay healthy, we certainly saw enough to be optimistic. So I, I'm really excited for Tiger. I know Colin's excited because he took him in our daily Roto uh, season-long draft based on wow. what he won for this season. He he took a he took a pretty boring team, and then he decided to come in with the Tiger Woods pick, get a little bit of upside in there. So, Colin, now do you feel like you're vindicated for your draft pick of Tiger Woods? Yeah, I mean, these guys let him fall. But I forget the seventh or eighth round, so I feel like I got a nice value. Oh, he was it healthy. seven? Get out of here. <laughs> Everybody's a little fired up, it looks like, in the uh, daily road. This sounds like a league that there's some hostility and some trash talk, Mike. These are the leagues that everybody loves. Oh, yeah. We, we go back and forth all season. First, Last week was actually the first week uh, that we started counting towards the standings because we did the draft before uh, the event last week. I'm sure we'll do one for the majors coming up, too. Uh, uh, but it's it's a lot of fun to do these things, track guys over the whole season who you like. Of course, I had to take Tony Finau uh, with my second-round pick. And we're going to get to Tony for now in just a moment. Before we get there, Mike, is Hideki Matsuyama with the uh, ownership percentage expected here to be relatively high? It's Colin put it around 30%, the guy that you're least likely to own in this group? I think so, and I think when you look at some single entry or three max tournaments, sometimes the chalk gets even chalkier. So if you get him up to like 40 45%, that's just too high for me to – you know, not fade a golfer in a tournament setting. And if you look at our finish probabilities, about 20% to make a top five. And that's where he's really going to hurt you. Uh, so you've got 80% chance that he's probably not going to be on the winning lineup if he doesn't top five. And he's got about a 15% chance to miss the cut. So if that 15% chance comes through, you're creating massive, massive leverage. If he goes for a top five. If he wins the tournament, you're not going to win your GPP lineups. But I think that's a stance that you sh- you probably should be taking this week, especially given that there are viable alternatives. On weeks sometimes where we only have one guy with a, a really high win probability or with an expensive price tag, it's different. Uh, we've got Spieth, we've got Rom, we've got Fowler all up there. So I will be fading Matsuyama in tournaments. Colin, uh, I always ask if you can get two of these guys in. And uh, in my lineup, I do have two of these guys in, as I thought there was guys that are pretty decent golfers in the $7,000 range that I could pair them with. Is Do you think that you can get two of these guys and be effective this week? I think if you start, you know, below, I guess if you start with like Fowler and JT, I think it's pretty reasonable to get two of these guys in. I'd still find it tough to get two of the guys in starting above eleven thousand dollars i know this week there's a lot of value in the the seven thousand dollar range that we'll get to 
But I still feel like the best way to build is if you're going to start with one of the 11K or above guys is to just to grab one of them and then maybe dip down to the 9000 or high $8,000 range for your next selection. So I think that's probably the, the route that I'm going to go. I guess for you know the listeners, it's worth noting that it a lot of it with Matsuyama it also just depends on your risk tolerance. I know Mike's completely comfortable taking like a $0 return in tournaments any given week if it means that when he does win, he's willing to win big. And Matsuyama is definitely the type of guy that his ownership level, if he's successful and you fade him, then he, you're definitely going to be looking at a $0 week. So I think a lot of it just depends on your risk tolerance. But I'm also inclined to uh, play less Hideki than you know the, the field and to try to load up on some of these other talented golfers that we can get at an ownership discount for once. I thought it was interesting. We only have four golfers in the 9,009. D nine hundred range. That's Mark Leishman at ninety seven hundred, Daniel Berger ninety four hundred, Alex Norin at ninety two hundred, and Tony Finau ninety one hundred. Uh, Mike, this is a group of four golfers. Which guy sticks out? Now, usually a Tony Finau guy, and he is the cheapest out of this group. Uh, but he's in the nine thousand range. And he's still in on him out of this pairing. I think he makes sense this week as someone who I just think still has a tremendous amount of upside. And as Colin had noted, it's a good course for golfers who are strong tee to green and might not necessarily be good putters or great around the green. And that defines what Finau is. I don't think you're going to get crazy low ownership on him, but I like the upside quite a bit. Uh, Mark Leishman's really interesting to me. I think he's turned into a top-tier golfer, and he's someone that you could pair with the expensive golfers and still build a pretty decently balanced lineup. So, for example, we've got him projecting really closely to Justin Thomas, except you're going to save $600, and we've got him for almost half the ownership of Justin Thomas. So I'd lean the way of Mark Leishman, for example, if you're going to build a hybrid studs and duds where you want to take one 9K guy and one of the expensive 11k-ish guys that's a good way to go there great advice from mike leone putting it out there for you guys to save a little cash on mark leishman colin what about this group for you how are you looking at it i think this group's interesting i feel pretty similarly to mike um, i also think that in tournaments alex noren's going to come in with sub 10 percent ownership despite the really strong finish last week i know couple of years back in fantasy golf if somebody had a strong finish everyone would load up on them the next week and it seems like that's no longer the case and Noren's definitely flying a little bit under the radar perhaps people are a little like concerned about a hangover off of his event last week but this is one of the best tee to green players on the european tour and you know his approach game was really strong last week gaining more than six strokes with his approach and last last week's event alone and so I think between Leishman, Norin, and Finau, you can get some single-digit ownership percent guys that have a very reasonable chance of cracking the top 10. And if if it's a week where they happen to crack the top five or even win, then you know that can be a big benefit in some of these GPPs to have them at single-digit ownership. Now, we've got a lot of statistics, and you guys do an amazing job of putting everything together to give uh, people a picture of everything they can possibly want to muster as they put their lineups together what about these european tour players now last week we talked about the travel and then coming over and playing the tournament what is the advantage of the european player that is here for two weeks on the second week of the tournament and they don't have the travel mike do we have anything out there that indicates that these guys the european tour play better in the second tournament than they're in the united states as opposed to the first 
I don't have the statistics beyond it. I have heard the narrative that, you know, given the long flight and everything, that they're more adjusted. And as a result, they're more likely to play better the second week. I don't have the data behind that, though. I do know a lot of times the European Tour players do get underrated just because people aren't as familiar with their names and with their past successes and uh, one of the things that's really cool about the data golf model is that they're able to take that data those scoring averages from the european tour and correctly adjust for the strength of the field over there and as a result uh, we're able to include those guys in our model and have a pretty good indication of where they rank relative to other golfers. So it's not guesswork by any means. We're able to uh, translate their European success towards how it will look on the PGA Tour. Great, great stuff there. Colin, what's your thoughts? When you look at these European golfers a lot of times, and do you do you yourself ever play in the uh, DraftKings offerings of the European golf tournaments? Do you play like that on a daily occasion or just maybe the big events? How do you play on a lot of these European golf tournaments themselves? Yeah, the European Tour offerings, I guess for me, I tend to play them on some of the bigger events, whether it's the Scottish Open, maybe right before the Open Championship, or some of the, uh, you know, the fields where you get, you know, maybe six or seven of the top 20 golfers in the world, kind of all the best European tour players, and maybe a couple Americans who are going over to play in an event or two. So those are the events that I'm really looking to play. And I definitely think that's one of the uh, things that I like best about the data golf projections at Daily Broto is that they are incorporating not just PGA Tour data, but uh, European Tour, and in, in many cases, Web.com Tour data on some of these players in the projections and probabilities that we have. And that's not something that you get at all the other you know providers that might be giving you weighted stat rankings and things like that. So uh, Norin, I mean, obviously, it didn't seem like he was impacted very much last week in his first event. So I, I can't imagine uh, you know he won't be ready to go again this week. You know, it's amazing for a lot of people out there listening for the first time to play DFS, and they're like, man, do I really want to get in golf? Um, I, I played fantasy golf back at CDM, back like when Tiger Woods was first uh, putting it all together. And it was fun. You would pick a lot of times I had to do the one and done, where you pick the one guy, and then you couldn't use him the rest of the week. And then, Mike, when we first got into DFS golf, I would play for two years. I just put one lineup together and learned how to play the game. And then all of a sudden you become a golf fan, Mike, and it's crazy, right? So the people out there that have never played, if they take it slowly, they too will get wrapped up in this, and then they'll actually end up enjoying, and on Sundays, watching golf before the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I went from someone who didn't watch golf at all, pretty much had nothing to do with golf, didn't really want to have anything to do with golf, to playing DFS. And now I've got, you know, like Tony Fennell, I have favorite players who I really like and guys that I track throughout their career. I've started playing golf myself. I bought some clubs, took some lessons. I'm out there and it really is, it makes it helps you appreciate the sport more. I think that's one of the really cool things about fantasy sports, not just DFS, but uh, DFS in particular when it comes to golf is that it allows you to appreciate this sport, appreciate all of the players more than just being a traditional sports fan. And it generally makes you a more knowledgeable fan because we care about uh, the data that's important so that we can make the best roster. So I know sometimes fantasy sports gets uh, this raw connotation, but it really is something that makes you a better fan. Con, off the top of your head, do you know five or more caddies? Five or less caddies? Five's the over and under. Off the top of my head, I probably only know around, I'd like, I'll hit, I'll push on the bet for five caddies, but right. I definitely, as far as like cut makers and things like that, I mean, you start to know some of these web.com guys when they come up, and 
I would definitely put a DFS golf player's golf knowledge up there. How's it going in there? Five more minutes. Okay, let's play a game. Two truths, one lie. We're not going to be late to the party. In the time you've taken to get ready, you could have been on your way to saving a life. And I'm wearing that tie you hate. We're not going to be late. We're 10 minutes away. You wouldn't dare wear that tie. And I can't save a life. I'm not a firefighter. Actually, I swabbed my cheeks last week. It takes less than a minute to get your cheek swabs. Register at DKMS.org and you can be a superhero by helping someone out. Hello, friends. If you want to win at Fantasy Sports, wouldn't you listen to people who have already won at Fantasy Sports? I'm here to tell you about DailyRoto.com. Don't be intimidated by the Draft Kings and FanDuel Sharks, even the Fantasy Draft Sharks. The guys at DailyRoto.com have not only won a million dollars amongst one of the writers, but they've created three others. That's four people who have won millionaire contests from this content alone. Don't be fooled by screenshots talking about $25,000 winners from other places. Go to DailyRoto.com where they have a proven track record of creating millionaires. DailyRoto.com. Tell Greg Sussman say you. Welcome back to Going for the Green, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Scott. I have Mike Leone, Colin Drew from DailyRoto.com here as everybody's absolutely getting it done and putting together all the information you need to be successful this week in the Waste Management Open as we get you ready and prepared. We got a show one-two punch that is uh, covering esports now on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Mike, you guys do esports as well over at Daily Roto? Uh, the sports grid guys at pwn.gg is the website. I believe Colin probably has the exact URL, but they do esports probabilities. So if you're into betting esports, they do a really good job. And I know we've got a Slack channel for it. So if you're a premium subscriber to any of our DFS PGA products, you can, or premium products, but not necessarily PGA, any of the sports, uh, you'll get access to that esports channel. And it goes around the clock. Those guys are rabid in that channel. I know they're having a great time with it. It's an amazing thing, right? It's an amazing thing. Like, come on, people are sitting around playing video games, and we're we're betting on these guys. I took my son to a convention in Boston, and um, I was like, man, why are they asking that kid for his autograph? He says, Dad, he's got a million YouTube followers. How many do you have? It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I, my little brother was a big Halo player back in the day, and he'd go to some events to compete, you know, in New York or something like that. I thought he was crazy, but I guess he was just like a decade ahead of his time. He could have been one of these big esports superstars if he grew up a, a little bit later. Mike, true or false, uh, have you ever bet on an esports match? True. You have? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Was it successful? I've I've had a few of them, a uh, couple successful, a couple not successful, but hit on like a five to one underdog. So it, it was fun. Nice. Um, and they stream <laughs> everything, too. So you can actually watch everything. So it's a pretty good setup for I mean, and that's one of the, you know, to bring this back to golf. The cool thing with the esports is you can stream everything right with golf. Hopefully at some point, I know everyone's beating the drum, but we need better coverage. It'd be awesome if you could just choose a golfer and tune into that golfer i mean how hard would it to be to oh. have a camera on every hole i mean it can't be that hard to have a camera on every hole i'll tell you what it, uh, it, the coverage this week i didn't have tiger woods on a single team was kind of infuriating because you'd have guys in the leaderboard higher than tiger and i get it everybody's tuning in to see tiger but i'm like can I please see one of my golfers in the next hour it was insane it's brutal Oh, 
And the talent is so deep right now. I know, like I said, I'm a recent golf fan, so I don't have the long-term perspective, but it seems to me like the talent pool is, you know, almost as deep as it's been up top. And even some of the younger guys coming up that you would think the PGA would just benefit from getting more exposure for these golfers. And the more exposure, the more fans of individual golfers you will have, the more money they're going to make. Colin, we got the 8,900 group to 8,000. Webb Simpson leads the group at 8,900. J.B. Holmes, 8,700. Gary Woodland, 8,600. Phil Mickelson, 8,500. Matt Kuchar, 8,400. Austin Cook at 8,300. Ryan Moore, 8,200. Harrison English, 8,100. And Byung An at 8,000. Who are you looking at here? Uh, this is actually a pretty talented group of golfers, Colin. Yeah, it's definitely a, a great group of golfers. I think... Uh, you know, Webb Simpson is putting well this season, which isn't something that we've come to expect of him in recent years. And hopefully that's a sign of long-term improvement for him. And if that's the case, it's a really good sign because he has gained strokes to green in every event this season and was up here on the leaderboard last year. So I think that's one of the guys that kind of jumped out to me at first uh, from a stats perspective, but I expect him to be reasonably popular. Um, I think that the guy I'll probably own the most of out of all these players though is Matt Kuchar who I, th I think presents such a strong, safe value while still having kind of that top 10 upside that you're looking for from a guy in this price range. And so Kucher is a guy that a lot of weeks just ends up 20% owned, but this week it seems like there's enough names to kind of grab some attention away. And we have them right now at 10% ownership. I could see it ticking a up a little bit by the time, you know, the tournament comes around. But I think that Kucher is uh, probably the guy I'll have the most of out of this price range. Mike, when you're looking at this price range, a lot of good golfers here, some big hitters. Who are you looking at in this group? I like Mickelson a lot in this group. I'm a I've turned into a Phil fanboy, but Yeah, you have. I I, I know. I don't know what's going on, but I feel like his year last year was really underrated just because he didn't win and he had, you know, a, a pretty consistent year in terms of scoring averages. And he's also a good DK score. And if you look at our player comparison tool, you can see players birdies per round relative to the field and uh, Mickelson is someone who has you know for example a similar birdie above average you know compared to the players in the same round as Jordan Spieth uh, obviously he's not as good as Jordan Spieth he's not nearly as consistent but as far as the DK scoring aspect of things he's right there and I think he could get lost in the shuffle and this price you know this price range in general these guys might not dictate the ownership that they probably should just the way roster construction may work out. And neither one of you guys went with a guy that I love. And I love him because he looks like he would, you know, if he was in the cart with me, he would drink a beer with me during the course. And that's J.B. Holmes at 8700 bucks. When I see him and Charlie Hoffman, I think those would be the two guys that would, you know, if they allowed it, would drink a couple beers while they were playing. Uh, Colin, any idea on uh, J.B. Holmes? Any likes there? Any chance we got a shot with him this week? <laughs> I definitely think J.B. Holmes would be one of the guys that would like to drink a beer with you. Um, I don't I don't know. I guess Holmes, it seems like he's priced up from where he was last week. Obviously, he had the strong finish in the event, but fell apart a little bit on Sunday. He's definitely a guy that I consider a, a bomber more so than kind of like a ball striker who's like also can keep the kind of ball in play off the tee. And, um, you know, when I look at the the course this week it feels like it rewards some of the guys who are a little bit more accurate than jb holmes so I, i'm not a huge fan of jb holmes at this price tag but i do think you know he'll still carry a low ownership percent i would probably prefer to 
play Gary Woodland at kind of the same ownership level, and we have him as a stronger play, higher projection, and is uh, a guy that's showing really strong. One of the tools that we have over at Daily Roto is a strokes gain trend tool, and so you can see in all of these advanced metrics kind of how the golfers are trending over the last few events. And Woodland, somebody that is really popping in the strokes gain trends and uh, gaining strokes off the tee and on approach consistently over his last couple of events. Well, Mike, when we get under the $8,000 range, I thought there was a lot of quality golfers in the $7,000 range, Mike. Uh, who are a couple of the guys that you're looking for uh, that people can get on the cheap and fill out their rosters? Uh, you got names like Zach Johnson, Kevin Chappell, uh, Kyle Stanley, who's played well recently, um, Charlie Hoffman, as we talked about. Bubba Watson is down at 7500 I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of golfers here. Who are you looking at, Mike? It's a great range, and you will notice, I think, if you can get up to like the 7,300 to 7,700-ish golfers, that it gets a lot better than the 7,000 to $7,200 golfers. That speaks to what we were saying before about how it's hard to build with two 11K-plus golfers. If you're going to go studs and duds, you kind of want to make Fowler or Leishman one of those studs so that you can get these mid-7Ks guys. And the guys I like most are uh, Francesco Molinari and Charlie Hoffman. I think they're well underpriced, and neither of them project to carry high ownership. And that's the perfect situation for me to go really heavy on guys. And I think they're fine cash game plays with upside for tournaments. And uh, in we have two models, as I said before. We have our fantasy model and our finished probabilities model. And a lot of times the best way to get a signal on whether or not a guy is a good play is if he rates really well in both. And both of those guys rate very well in both the fantasy model and the finish model. Carl, when you look at this group, uh, like we said, it's a... Uh definitely a group that has some quality plays who are you looking at in the seven thousand dollar range yeah it definitely seems like it will end up being a really important group for tournaments um and for cash games i think one of the guys that i trust the most for uh cash games is zach johnson and he's another one of those players that might model we have him with kind of a 30 percent odds to finish inside the top 20 which is uh, really sticks out in that range, but he's going to carry a fair bit of ownership. So in tournaments, one of the things that I like to do is kind of compare the top 20 odds to our ownership projections and try to find guys who might carry similar odds or maybe a little bit worse odds, but they're going to do it at lower ownership. So on those weeks where they're the ones who pop, you really gain a big benefit. And I think Patrick Reed and Russell Knox are two guys that caught my eye in that range. Uh, Knox is a guy that a couple years ago was, you know, a lot higher ranked in the world and had a down season last year, but he's put the, it together a little bit tee to green over his last three events. And then uh, similarly with Patrick Reed, I think that, you know, he has a lot of upside for a $7,600 golfer, and it seems like he's going to come in at a percent ownership. And I'm really looking in this range to try to pivot off of some of those chalky players just because there's so many good options. Mike, real quick, the Snedeker thing is really alarming because last year he had some injuries, and you mentioned earlier in the show how he's played a great at this course, 33rd, 10th, 61st, and 2nd, and he doesn't look like the same golfer early in the season. How long do you keep going back to a guy that maybe had an off year? You know, I drafted him early in that Daily Roto draft. That was one of one of the picks that I, I wish I could have back. But I, you know, something that I learned last year is – in golf, with so many options that you have each week, and we already talked about how there are a lot of options in the 7K ranges, 
you don't have to try and always be a week early on getting a guy right. I'd rather wait and see a few good weeks, even if it's just in the strokes gain department, T to green, and it's not necessarily in the fantasy department. But I like to see that first before going to a guy, you know, because in some other sports, I'll buy low on price tags, you know, before I see something out of the player. And I feel like I can be ahead of the field in golf with so many options. I just don't think you'd need to do that, especially given, you know, what are the chances that Snedeker is going to have this crazy performance where you need him in your lineup? So is the risk really worth the reward? So I generally am more patient on guys like this where I'm not entirely sure where their form is at. You listen to Go in the Green on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Uh, we are here every Tuesday night getting you ready for the week's golf tournaments. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with some roster construction right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Make sure you head over to dailyroto.com, get all the information you need, and we'll be back with more right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It is going for the green, and it is Mike Leone calling through from DailyRoto.com. I got to ask you, I got, I got a question this week, so I want to ask you two guys that. Someone asked me, how much does the um, time, the time of their tee-off come into play in tournaments, and when should they be taking that into account uh, when player tee times, as far as that goes. Mike, is this something you look into? It really depends on if there's going to be strong wind or weather at a certain event. And if we get reports that there's going to be wind on one part of the day and not the other part of the day, stacking tee times can be very beneficial. We've seen this in the British Open one year, I think two years ago, not last year, the one before when Stenson won, that if you stack tee times, you had a ridiculous advantage just because of the time the wind hit the two days. So uh, this week, it's not something early on that I put stock into it. I do think on any given week that it's not bad to make a couple teams where you just stack tee times, even if it's both sides and you don't see specific advantages because things happen. And sometimes we do see one wave have uh, a better advantage just a better draw than the other side. Great stuff there. Uh, my single entry tournament is going to go like this. Con, here's what I got. I got Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas taking those $10,400, $10,300 um, golfers and figuring after looking at the $7,000 range, I can get some players that can play well enough uh, to do. I went Luke List, 7200 bucks. came in 12th last week. He absolutely folded on Sunday. Francesco Molinari, uh, we talked about 7300 Keegan Bradley played well at the tournament last week, 7200 and Bud Colley. Colin, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's some kind of pros and cons to the way that you went about it. Um, I like the kind of doubling down on two of those 10K guys with Fowler and Thomas. You were able to work them in there, and they both should carry 
uh, lower ownership, at least, than Hideki. So you're kind of taking a big stand alone just by fading Hideki. I think Luke List is probably the most questionable play. It just feels like maybe we're buying high off of his performance last week. And this is a really volatile golfer who I think would make more sense in one of those top heavy, you know, try to turn $4 into 100K than he would in a single entry where, you know, you might be looking for like a 3 to 5x return if you put together a solid week. Yeah, you know, Luke List is that guy that for me that like he, he's a little wild and I like watching him play and I always root for the best. Like last year it was Matt Every who never would make a cut and I would always root for him to make a cut. And um, sort of like, uh, you know, Mike falling in love with Phil Mickelson. Uh, Phil, what do you think? <laughs> Phil, uh, Mike, what do you think of my lineup? I'm calling you Phil now. That's how things have uh, progressed here. Yeah, I think List is more of a go-for-broke, multi, you know, entry, huge tournament field type play than a single entry play. And then, uh, as Colin said, I do like the way that you went this hybrid studs and duds with two 10K guys. It's just as we had talked about before, I prefer Leishman over Justin Thomas to buy you some extra salary. And that gets you, again, and that floods into what we talked about with the 7K guys, with the middle of that 7K tier being better, you can afford a 7,500 type guy instead of a 7,200 type guy in Luke List. Great stuff. You guys heard these guys break it down all show long and say, hey, man, they know what they're talking about. Now I can head over to DailyRoto.com and you can absolutely get the greatest information in the world and put it to work this weekend in the Waste Management Open. Mike, Colin, thank you for absolutely getting it done. And um, I'll tell you what, Mike, real quick, you got 10 seconds or less. What would you give out on the 16th hole uh, to your Daily Roto followers? I would give out, you know, a, a Daily Roto goat T-shirt. That's what I'm wearing right now. All right. And, uh, Colin, what would you give out to the uh, the listeners on the 16th hole at the Waste Management Open? <laughs> I'd, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'd give out, you know, a pair of Uggs to everybody for uh, Tom Brady 12 in the Super Bowl this weekend. Nice. I would do something. Uh, I would throw floss out there so they fire it right back at me. And I could get the hell out of there a little earlier. Uh, I'd be like getting that bad candy on Halloween. We'll see you next Tuesday night all right here on Going for the Green. Good luck and absolutely get it done.